Welcome to She Perseveres, the podcast. I'm Megan Wurzelbacher. Thank you so much for listening today. We are going to start our very first series, and it is called What Women Need to Know. I have been collecting questions and topics that we're going to be discussing throughout the series. So each episode, we are going to cover a specific topic. And I'm going to continue to collect these questions. If you want to submit something for discussion, you can email me at megan at sheperseveres.com or you can contact me on Instagram at sheperseveres or Facebook, sheperseveres LLC. You can also go to the website, sheperseveres.com. I'm really excited for this series to just clear up some confusion or to help point people in a different direction. So I would love to see some more responses and um, cover some more topics for you. So for those of you that do not know me personally or you've not read my recent blog post, this is me, I will just tell you that I am extremely outspoken. I've always really just spoke my mind and I'm usually a little too honest. Um, I like to just speak the truth. I don't like to sugarcoat anything, especially difficult subjects. I like to just say it as it is. So that's kind of brought me to this series called What Women Need to Know. I had actually sat down to write a blog post and it ended up just being a list of a ton of questions that I felt like women needed to discuss. And because we need answers or guidance in certain areas of our life, I personally feel like a lot of the time we're just not getting it. And I feel like it's just because we're afraid to speak up or it's something that's hard to talk about or something that's embarrassing or it's something that might be taboo or we just don't want to ask because we kind of feel awkward. So I really wanted to hit on some of those subjects throughout this series. And I really feel like it's important that as the church that we are speaking out on these things because I don't think that that happens enough, if at all. And it's a lot of the times it's just because it's something that's uncomfortable to talk about that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be addressed. Now when I'm saying the church, I'm not talking about a building or a place to go. What I mean is the church as a whole, the group of people who are Christians. So throughout this series, what women need to know, we're going to discuss various topics and kind of break it up in each podcast episode. So for this very first episode, We are going to focus on these three things that women need to know. One, we need to know what being a Christian actually means. Not the religious specifics and traditions, but the relational aspects. Two, we need to know that salvation doesn't make our life easier. And three, we need to know that we are able to worship and connect with God outside of a church building. So going back to the first point, We need to know what being a Christian actually means from the relational aspects. The reason I want to focus on this is because when it comes to being a Christian, I feel like this is the part, the relational part, that we're not getting from the church. That's a part that we're not getting from social media. That's a part that we're not getting from friends and family. But, however, before we can focus on the relational aspect of it, we do need to discuss what the Bible tells us being a Christian actually means. What is salvation? So, we're going to start with reading some scripture from the Bible. I'm actually reading from the English Standard Version. 
So um, the first scripture we're going to read is one that very many people are usually familiar with, and it is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So I'm going to kind of break down these scriptures a little bit and explain it in a way that's easier for me to understand. So hopefully that kind of helps you along the way as well. So what this means is that God loves us so much. He sacrificed his son Jesus' life for us on the cross. He allowed his son to die so that our sins could be forgiven. So because of the moment that Eve and Adam chose to blatantly disobey God's direct commandment in the Garden of Eden, at that very moment, sin entered the world and it changed everything. So from there, from that moment, we all became sinners. And anyone who believes in Jesus as a son of God and that he died on the cross for our sins, then three days later, he rose from the dead and you choose to have an active relationship with him then you're going to receive eternal life in heaven as a result of that relationship. So also, if we can look at Romans 6.23, it confirms what we just read in John 3.16. The verse says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And if we go a little further in Romans, we can find a little more instruction on how to accept this gift of salvation and become a Christian. So Romans 10.9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So in other words, you have to know who Jesus is and what he has done on the cross for you. You have to believe what you know about him to be the absolute truth. Then you have to act on your knowledge and belief by confessing your sins, asking for forgiveness, acknowledge who Jesus is and what he has done for you, and you have to believe it, and then you'll be saved. I know there are so many various belief systems, but I think that is where the confusion comes in. And all of these things that are truly just so clear to us in the Bible get twisted and confuse everyone. So the Bible clearly tells us it's because of God's grace, his free gift to us, that we are saved through our faith. If you look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, it actually says that exact thing. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So we also see something else I want to talk about in this verse. And it says we are not saved by our works. So that means you can't do something to gain salvation as far as your works. So no matter how many good things you're doing in your life, that does not mean you're saved. I think this is another part where so many people get stuck in this little middle section of confusion of, well, I'm doing good and I'm not doing wrong, so that must make me good and I'm a Christian and I can go to heaven. And I really truly believe that this is where all the sugarcoating has actually been a discredit to others because as a church, we're sugarcoating so many things because we don't want to hurt other people's feelings or we don't want to sound rude or we don't want to sound harsh, but truly... That's not what the Bible tells us. It says the exact opposite. You're not going to be saved because of the good things that you're doing. 
actually our pastor just did a message that kind of included a part about being a good person this last week. And I knew it was perfect timing for this podcast episode because I had already written this episode. And though his example was used for a different topic, it still fits in here. So to go along with you can't be saved by your works, you can't be saved by just being a good person. And you can't say, well, I'm kind to others and I do these good things, so I'm going to heaven. When the Bible clearly doesn't say that. It doesn't matter how many good deeds you're doing or how great of a person that you are or you think you are. Our pastor actually pointed out that there are no good people in the world. Because, like I mentioned before, the moment that even Adam disobeyed God and sin entered the world, every single human from that point on, other than Jesus, was not a good person because we're all sinners. So we can't be good if we're sinners. So even if you consider yourself a good person, that does not automatically mean that you're a good Christian. And you can't really be a good person when we're all sinners. I know this may not be what you want to hear. I know this could be a little bit too honest for you. And I hope that you're still sticking around to listen because I would rather know that I'm speaking the truth to you and not sugarcoating things and misleading you. I just want you to understand that being a Christian goes beyond repeating a prayer at the end of a church service or saying you have Jesus in your heart. It goes beyond being baptized. It goes beyond a decision that you made at vacation Bible school. Being a Christian goes beyond a decision that you've made. It is about being in a committed, direct, and personal relationship with God. As Christians, we should be committing every aspect of our life, day to day, to the one-on-one relationship we have with God. Because just like any healthy and functioning relationship, there are actions that we have to do on our own part to make that relationship flourish and grow and be healthy and happy. So, the first action step that we're going to talk about that you need to take is honesty. You first need to be honest with yourself about your intentions for the relationship with God. You need to make sure the decision that you have made is actually a personal decision. You're not just saying that you want to be saved or be in this relationship with God because someone else wants you to or because someone else has done it and you want to just follow suit or because you think that you should do this to make someone else happy. You need to be sure you're honest with why you want to be in this relationship with God. You should understand the importance of it. You should believe it to be true and you should also see that You are honestly willing to put forth the effort necessary in this relationship. You also need to be honest with God and where your heart and your intentions are in making this decision to commit to this relationship with him. Then the next action step is respect. You must respect God and the personal relationship you have with him. So you may have heard that you should fear God, which doesn't make you want to be in a relationship with someone that you have to fear, but that's not what it means. When the Bible is using the word fear, it's using the word fear in place of reverence or respect. So what it means is that you should have respect for God. If we could go to the Bible and look at Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So 
If you look for the author of the book of Proverbs, it is the king of Israel at the time of Solomon. When Solomon is speaking of wisdom throughout the book of Proverbs, he's referring to godly living. So if he is saying that to fear or to respect God is the first step to godly living, he's saying you have to respect God to live this Christian lifestyle, so to speak. Um, If we continue on, we've also heard about the virtuous woman from Proverbs 31. And in this chapter, verse 30, it also has acknowledged the importance of respecting God. This verse states, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So again, the word fear is referring to respect. We are to respect God. So we'll have to have a healthy respect for God to be in this committed relationship with him. And then our next action step is a little cliche, but it's true. Communication. Communication is key. So if you've ever been in any type of relationship, specifically a deep or intimate relationship, you know that you cannot have this healthy, growing relationship if you can't have open and honest communication with them. You're going to have some serious struggles in your relationships if you're not very good at communicating. So you need to have a strong, honest, open, and continual communication in all relationships, especially in the relationship that you have with God. You need to be speaking to him daily through prayer. So I think sometimes people get caught up in how to pray. And I feel like that is just leading to more confusion. So I want to clarify that there's no specific way to pray right or wrong. You can say words. You don't even have to say words. I like to write, so I like to write my prayers sometimes. It just comes easier to me. So you can do that. Um, You don't even have to say words sometimes. Prayer is just your personal conversation with God. It's your quiet time with God. It does not have to be fancy. It doesn't have to follow rules or meet these certain requirements. You don't have to stand up and repeat something that someone else has wrote. Prayer is simply between you and God. You can say whatever you want to say to him. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated with these rituals and traditions. Just go to God anywhere you are at any time and just speak to him. Even if you don't have the words to say, you can tell him, God, I don't know what to say right now, but you know what's going on in my life and I need your help or I need you to do this for me or I need you to show me this and I need to say thank you for this. Whatever it may be, he knows what's on your heart. He knows what's going on in your life. So you don't even always have to say words. Just need to make sure that you're interacting in this communication with him. Another aspect that's really important in communication is listening. Listening is often more important than speaking. So we usually should be going to God more often than not in prayer to just be still, to just be quiet and to listen, listen for him to speak to us. And I know how incredibly difficult this is because I struggle with it myself. I also have four kids under the age of nine. So I am constantly reminding them or nagging them, to listen. And to listen in a way that they're listening to hear. 
not listening to respond. But it's funny because that's exactly what we do in our relationship with God. We're always going to him to pray and to speak to him. But we're not listening to him. And if we are listening, then we're listening to respond to him. We're not listening to hear him. So we need to listen to hear him. Because usually we already have something that's an excuse or a doubt or a want. So when it comes to telling God our prayers and speaking our heart to him, when we go to listen back, we're not really listening. We need to really listen. Soak in his words. We really need to be better listeners. And that is going to help our communication overall if we just take the time to listen, to hear him. And then the last action that we're going to talk about is love. So again, if you know me personally, or if you've been following my blog or social media, you should know that I fully believe that love is a choice. I think it's a decision that we make each day. Sometimes we make this decision multiple times a day. I don't think that love is just a feeling. I don't think that we can fall in or out of love. I believe that we are consciously making this choice to love someone. So with that being said, this action is one of the most important and sometimes, depending on what's going on in our lives, the most difficult. Because when we make this decision to be in this relationship to God, we need to love God and we are choosing to love him and we're choosing to respect him and honor him and obey him and believe him and worship him even when it seems hard or impossible to do so. So no matter what is going on in your life, when you choose to love God, you have to fully commit to showing your love through actively participating in the relationship with him. You do this by fulfilling his purpose for your life and through obeying his commands. John 14:15 says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commands." So something to kind of go into this loving God during the hard times. Sometimes we could feel like God isn't there. We could feel like he's left us. So how could we actively participate in this relationship and love him? And that's something that you have to make yourself consciously aware of. You still have to make that choice. You still have to show up and show him honor and love and respect if you're going to actively commit to this relationship with him. From my own personal experience, I have had several miscarriages, and in 2016, I lost our two twins to a miscarriage, and it was a devastating time, and throughout that time, I had to choose to continue to love God and to continue to honor Him and to worship Him, even though it was going through such a difficult time, and through doing that, I was able to trust in him and trust in the new plan that was going to be given to me because of the loss of our twins. And now being on the other side of that loss and we have a rainbow baby and he is our youngest and I can't imagine life any different. So there's always this choice, even in the hard times of our lives, that we still have to choose to love God. And sometimes it's easier than others and sometimes it's not. But it's still this active decision that we have to make to choose to continue to love him and to allow that action step in that relationship to move on. Um, We can fulfill our purpose for our life um, through obeying his commands. And John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So 
I'm not telling you all of this because I figured all of this out and I'm fulfilling all these aspects of being a Christian in the right way because it's absolutely not true. Um, it's actually quite the opposite most days. I will never portray myself to be perfect or to be this Christian that is showing up every Sunday at church and doing all the things the right way because that's not who I am, not who I've ever been. Um, and so I just want to assure you that just because everybody's on a different path of their journey in the relationship with God, it doesn't make it any better for others or any holier for others than it is for some of us. So there's no comparison in our relationships with God. But I just want to let you know that I know that I'm not perfect. I'm not ever going to say that I am. And I'm not even close to being where I want to be in my relationship with God. And I think that it's just a continual growth process for everyone. But the difference is that God created me and he knows me. And he knows that what's in my heart and what in my intentions. So that's what's important. And that's what makes your relationship personal with him. There's no perfect person. The only person that's ever walked on this earth and not sinned is Jesus. So it's definitely not a Christian who is better than anybody or holier than thou or never did anything wrong. So don't compare yourself. Um, the difference in my life now as a Christian than as a non-Christian is that I live my life every day striving to be closer to God and to be more interactive in this personal relationship that I have with him. Um, I ask him for his forgiveness when I fail. I know that his word is true and I believe it. I've accepted his gift of salvation. Therefore, I am forgiven. I am saved. I am a Christian. So I think what women need to know is that being a Christian or being saved or a believer, however you want to say it, is all about being in this fully active and committed personal relationship with God. So another misconception about being a Christian is that our lives are easier and better than those who are not Christians. Again, this couldn't be further from the truth. Um, so women need to know salvation does not make life any easier. Like I mentioned, I have had several miscarriages. Um, our first miscarriage was with our first baby um, in 2009 is when I was pregnant with him. And at that time in my life, I wasn't in a good place in my relationship with God. I would say that I wasn't actively participating in that relationship at all. And then to 2016, I was in a completely different place in my life. And I still experienced this tragedy of losing our twins. So because I was a Christian, didn't take away any hurt or loss or heartache. Um, and I just want everyone to know that it doesn't make life easier. If you go to uh, John 15 in the Bible, verse 18 through 19, it says, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I choose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So because of our different values and viewpoints and belief system as Christians, we're more likely to experience some type of ridicule from others who do not agree with us. Um, so unfortunately, the moment that you decide to enter into this personal relationship with God and accept his gift of salvation, your life will change, but it's definitely not going to get easier. If anything, it could actually get harder. You're still going to experience hardships, loss, heartache, financial struggles, loss of relationships, and so on. Um, 
and now you could even experience more spiritual hardships. But the difference is you're not going to be working through these problems alone. You now can turn to God and experience his love and his help and his support and guidance in a way that you never could before. So women need to know salvation does not make life easier, but it gives you more hope for what is to come. So maybe you've already established this relationship with God and you're taking those action steps to grow in your relationship with him. So if you need to and you want to praise God for what he has done in your life, you want to connect with him and stay connected with him. Women need to know that you can connect with God outside of a church building. Like I mentioned earlier, the church as God refers to it in the Bible does not mean the building that you fight with your kids to get to on Sunday morning as you're running late because someone cannot find their shoe. The church is more than that. The church is not a building. It's not a place. It's a group of people. The group of believers that are all Christians that make up God's church. So I just want to remind women that we are the church. Therefore, we can connect with and worship God any day of the week, not just on Sunday. And we can connect with and worship God anywhere, no matter what building we're in or not in. So be sure to interact in your relationship with God through worship often, if not daily, not just saving it all for Sunday. I hope this clears up some confusion or answers some of your questions, explains some church-like jargon that maybe you've never heard of, and overall just point you in the right direction of referring to God's word for the truth and for the answers that you seek. And the next episode for this series will be focused more on God's word, the Bible, and how we're to use that in our relationship with God and our daily lives. So thanks again so much for joining me and remember, send me your feedback, comments, questions, or anything that you would like to add to the series and you can email Megan at ShePerseveres.com or you can visit the website ShePerseveres.com or visit our social media and I just want to say thanks again for joining us and I hope that you have a great week.